how good's this? Welcome back. Welcome, Welcome back. back. Julian has been exfoliating with um, salt water uh, pool chemicals. Yeah. And uh, and cold that? showers. What do you use in your hot tub to make me feel so fresh and clean, clean? Uh, my wife, we just use thieves. That's it in the hot tub? Yeah. Wow. Which, who thieves. knows if that works at all. If you sell uh, natural oil, what is it? Uh, essential oils. Essential oils, yeah. Then you think thieves works for everything. Your sister sold me on some. She's a good salesman. <laughs> I mean, I just, yeah. She, she's a stone. She's a she's stone at heart, and yeah. she can sell. She could sell a ketchup popsicle to woman in white gloves. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I feel like if I put something on my face, or if I try to like use moisturizers or like certain types of exfoliants or other things like that, uh-huh. that's when my skin starts to get all shitty. When I don't shower, I mean, like, look, I've showered, but I've, I've mostly used your hot tub and your cold shower outside your house to shower. And like my hair feels pretty grimy, but I feel like I, but I, I do not like breaking out as soon as I start putting like Neutrogena or something on my face, it's over. Well, that might be your Pimps. problem. Any skincare product with more than two syllables, don't <laughs> <Neutrogena>. trust it. Neutrogena. <laughs> uh, but there is, I think at least some conversation happening with the amount we shower. Yeah. Isn't there something happening where people are like, I don't, sh- my kids don't shower, like yeah. my kids don't bathe more than twice a week. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of controversy happening around certain celebs that are not bathing their kids. And why is that? Because the bacteria that we we need, and I've heard a recent study that was um, interesting to me that uh, food allergies, right, like peanut allergies, and what else is there besides like nut allergies? I don't know. I'm allergic to dye, <laughs> like like wheat allergies, gluten allergies. Glute, I, I think that has like, to do more with the wheat itself. But I've heard that there was an uptick in um, food allergies amongst kids once dishwashers entered the home, because dishwashers like heat it. They get so hot that they sterilize the dishes, and there's certain bacteria that live on dishware that you can't get off just like hand scrubbing them. Mm. And I don't know if there's any legitimate science to it, but I, hmm. the correlation was interesting that somebody drew that conclusion. Um, yeah. Interesting. I do think, though, that there is a lot of uh, we've ultimately added a lot of inconvenience for convenience, if that makes sense. Like the the easier our life has become as human beings, the the more able we are to like sit back and relax and not have to do stuff. Yeah the seemingly the harder our our lives have become more people are stricken with depression with mental illness than ever before either that or we're just more aware of it i don't that's possible as well yeah Um, we got to go back to the basics dude uh, no way bro i'm trying to roomba my house i know you have two at a time going dude alan's got one one roomba that's like moisturizing the floors and the other one that's going and drying the floor how's my house look uh, let's uh, at 6 p.m. today. It's gonna look like a fucking mess because you have a son who fucking trashed it. And then you got to put your rumors back. But your house looks great. Look, your house looks great. In the morning, we keep a clean house. In the morning, your house looks great. We keep it. We keep it tidy. Keep it high and tight, man. I I, I try my best to to very... appease you in the kitchen and in the in the living. Well, not necessarily in the living space because I don't kitchen. really do anything. You out there. you are a very great house guest in the in the means that you cl- will clean the kitchen after dinner. Yeah. Which is so helpful. I just feel like it's necessary. 
to like, oh it's as without a guest. question the entire house should be clean and orderly yeah mine's not well you got a lot of stuff no I got a kid and a lot of stuff yeah but my like my stuff has a sp- has places it has spots if it doesn't have a spot I throw it away yeah I get rid of it yeah I'm that kind of person I have to, it has to be in its specific quadrant I think I've adopted a lot of qualities from you yeah I think so I mean I any good I, ones no <laughs> what yeah I think uh, probably of course um yeah I can't really put a finger on it but I think I like go back to New York and I think I don't think I've adopted like cleanliness I think I've probably been pretty like tidy for a while since before you um but uh but yeah just certain like I, th- I don't know I don't know what they are necessarily but just like a need to like get things and throw things out and have things and like learn something new and like continue to like put more maybe on my plate (laughs) (laughs) than it's possible for you to eat. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I have a tendency to overload my bandwidth without question. Um, But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this morning I was so stressed out. Yeah. Talk about it. So I have to get a, I had to get a PCR test because mm-hmm. I have to travel. Yeah. And so I woke up, uh, like not too stressed out. Like my morning was great. I got in the hot tub with Rue, had a nice coffee, but needed to get to, uh, the urgent care to get this PCR test while I'm at the PCR test. Like putting all the paperwork in that they're never going to use. Right. It's so annoying. It's like, bro, just can't, can't you send me a link? Was it just because you were new at that clinic? So you had to fill out 10 I don't times know, more man. information? What, like, I don't know. Yeah. Why do you need to know my social security card? I'm coming in for you to stick something up my nose. Right. And <laughs> I, you know what I think it is? I think it's because in it, it might be all over the world, but America is the only reference point I have. We are so litigious in our country. Like anything happens, we we sue, 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 sue. And it has placed us in a scenario where it takes so much bureaucracy to get anything done because of these like litigious assholes who are like, "Were you, were you hurt driving in a car?" Yeah. A moment in time. How does your neck feel after that? Bump Do you happen, that? dude? I <laughs> rear-ended a woman at one point, going five miles an hour. Yeah. No damage to either of our cars. She gets out of the car, just pulling us straight. No, up. got out of the car, was fine. Both people were fine. Then something started to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Eight years later, her neck was broken. Finally settled out of court. Oh, really? With the insurance company. Wow. Did you have to... S- now, now look, listen. If she was... This is the catch-22. We were talking about this the other the other day. Everything casts a shadow. Mm-hmm. If she was legitimately hurt, I hope that the insur- insurance agency did their due diligence to make sure that she was provided for because right. it was my fault. Yes. But but the, sh- the catch-22 constantly in the universe that we live in is that everything that's good trails with it a little shadow that's Mm -hmm. bad Mm -hmm. maybe not everything but like a lot of stuff so thank god i had insurance hopefully because i have 
insurance, if that woman needed the care, she would be taken care of. But because I have insurance, there's also a, hmm, maybe I could get more money out of this situation. Yeah. Maybe I could get more benefit out of this situation than I need. Um, anyways, I'm signing all of this paperwork <laughs> and my <laughs> wife calls me and uh, tire is blown yep. in our rig. Sweet. Great. Great moment for that to grand, happen. Wonderful. Great, grand, wonderful. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so have to deal with that. Uh, all whilst we're trying to get out here to yeah. do a podcast. All whilst I'm trying to get ready to leave tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. to be gone for a week and a half. You know. But I don't know. Like, I mean, part of me is like, is that is it good is that training is that life's training right am i am i capable of more because what's this what's the saying to to whom a lot is given a lot is required that makes sense right like the more things you're capable of yeah the more things that you're good at yeah. the more things you know what thing i'm not good at though is like using less pans when you cook breakfast <laughs> terrible at that yeah <laughs> god i love a waffle iron <laughs> had chicken and waffle the other day bro <laughs> I know it's great. Ta- tell me there's a better breakfast. I'll tell you there's a better breakfast because I don't like salty and sweet mixtures. <laughs> you heard I, it here, folks. I like eggs Benny, He's a dude. communist. <laughs> <laughs> communist. That's who I am. Uh, that's not, Eggs Benedict isn't sweet and, sweet and salt. Eggs I Benedict, don't like okay, sweet best, and salt. Best breakfast scenarios situation. Uh, Savory all day long. Top baby. three, though. You go. Eggs Benny. First. High up there for sure. Some kind of like short rib hash. Ooh. And maybe I'll go third, a Belgian waffle. But with no like bacon. No, It's just the waffle. It's a sweet choice. What's on the Belgian waffle? Are you Straubs. Talking? Yeah. A little Cool Whip. Yeah. A little buttermilk. And no salting. You don't want a little bacon bits in No. There. I don't even like bacon, dude. <laughs> I... <laughs> I, I mean, I don't really care for bacon that much. I like Ladies pork products. He's a performer. Give him a break. <laughs> Give me a break. He's an actor. I'm He's an actor. trying to find trying his Trying to role. make you guys impressed with <laughs> what I do and don't what like. What in the hell are you, you talking about? You know this about? about me, dude. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I don't hate it. I will eat it, but I'm not like, if I'm hungry, I'll eat bacon, but I'm not like, if I'm, if I have a choice of bacon, sausage, or any, any kind of, any kind of meat on anything, bacon's the last choice. What? What about it's spam? The, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know what spam's you like. You should get spam. It's fucking great. I know you told me. Yeah. What'd you call it? Kadubi? No, there's a Mas- there's masubi? a Hawaiian dish called a masubi, mm-hmm. which is, I think the like Japanese who migrated to Hawaii after World War II, kind of brought away. I think uh, Tom was explaining this to us that yeah. like spam, they they started making spam for World War II, and you know, because it was easy to make and you it would store forever. Yeah. But it sort of got this bad rap that, like, it was just shitty pork. When apparently what Tom was telling us is it's actually pretty good meat. And I think that because somehow spam in Polynesian culture or in Hawaiian culture is just, like, super popular. Mm-hmm. And so they take rice, uh, spam on top of the rice, and then they wrap it in seaweed. Yeah, well, oh, it's so good. I'll try it. So good because like the the weird taste that like the taste of the seaweed, 
which is like an odd taste mixed with the saltiness of the mm-hmm. oh and they'll put a little bit of um uh what's that plum sauce is it that Ooh. sweet stuff yeah in yeah, the plum sauce or hoisin. hoisin they put sauce hoisin nice. sauce on top of it i had a masubi it was like a kind of hawaiian fusion restaurant that was mixing up their masubis which mm. was so cool but they did a uh, rice <laughs> Um, they did a breakfast masubi, so it was rice, uh, like egg. You know how they'll do like scrambled egg squares or what, I forget what the skillets. Not not really skillets. Um, so just a loaf, just an egg. No, loaf. but you know how like if you go to a Japanese restaurant, they'll yeah, yeah, give yeah, you yeah. like a sushi, but it's just an egg. Yep. Thing. I know what you're talking about. So, rice, egg, uh, spam avocado wrapped in seaweed sounds pretty good oh with a little bit of like spicy aioli on top i love that spicy take aioli. me out where i need to go take me down to the paradise city where the grass is green and the girls are pretty oh won't you please take me home i'm uh before we start this fantastic episode we have prepared for all of our millions of listeners <laughs> i want to uh go back to this idea of um um, the more capable you are of something, the the more responsibility you are. Yeah, the you more you on more yourself. you are given, the more you are reco- required. <sighs> Why do the but but is it is it our is it inherent that we want to continue to grow from that space? Like because because once you learn something, you apply it, and once you apply it, you probably learn something again in the process of applying it. So like. Is it inherent in that way, or is it is that like our choice? Do you because because I find that you are constantly like you were talking about our output today, and you have a really great output. You put output a lot of stuff. I'm behind you in that, but that's just because I don't know how to do as many things as you know how to do mm. yet. Are I you? assume a couple of years from now I'll be where you're at now, doing as much shit, and I'll be like, "Fuck, I'm like I'm stressed because I have so many things yeah. to do, and I'm already there." But it's just like. It, it's all in reference to like how much you are able to actually do regardless. So like it's just like the more money, more problems sentiment. Like you're going to get farther ahead and you're going to continue to learn more until you're just like, yeah. I got to pull away. Yeah. I mean the, the, the trouble that I have is I, I don't have like, I don't have money. I don't have a ton of money yeah. to just like hire other people yeah. to do things. Right. And so what I do is I take on those tasks. Yes. There's a lot of things that I do that I shouldn't do. Like that what I should do is what is what can be only required of me, right. which is like being me, right. Being in front of the camera, what being, people think they what people what people see you as from without knowing who you are inside, like the brand of Alan Stone is all you should actually be. I mean, I hate that word. I hate well, I hate but that like, thing, the brand. But so like to to your fans what they think you are is what you want to be, but they don't realize that you are every single facet of your professional career. Right. Like I write the songs, I produce the songs, I think of the music videos, I shoot the promo, I make the ad mat, I am a photographer, you know, like every thing that is required of a creator nowadays I don't always do them. Like, definitely there's... I did a music video for a, a song recently, Is This Love? I hired a director, mm-hmm. you know, producer. That's takes a lot off my pre- plate. It's great. Yeah. Um, 
But most of the thing, 85% of what they, of what I put out, I do top to bottom everything. Yeah. And, um, it just requires a lot. And if I were, if I had money, if I had endless resource, which I mean, endless resource and just money is a different thing. Like I don't have, especially through the last two years, like it's been, you know, yeah, it's been slim pickings. Um, what would happen? I think like what happens when things grow exponentially is you find like other people that you trust to execute things that you would execute prior, like promo or, you know, the AV, uh, an engineer, uh, an editor, a director, right? Like if you have resource, then uh, you can hire that out. Right. And then that adds less to your plate. But then once you do that, more time more frees up. And so then people are like, well, and as it exponentially grows, you get more gigs and you go, okay, well, I could do, I could do, you know, that show on that day. And then we could shoot the live thing. And we, it's just, yeah. You know, I'm, my natural tendency is just to like, go, 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 go. I'm trying to learn as much as possible. Like if I'm not learning, I'm dying kind of thing. Right. Um, it doesn't but that's only it. happened in the last like four years, dude. Like I thought for from like 25 to 30, I thought like, oh, well, if I just pound the pavement and I just play live and I just slap, if I just slap the pavement, take as many gigs as possible, then it'll work out. And that was just the fucking dumbest thing I could have done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I learned a lot. Like, do you think there was a different I played way to, some great, different way to great do it? Gigs. Yeah, absolutely. You would have been in the same spot had you have been more conscious of that approach. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I was if I would be worth as many tickets. I don't know if I would like be able to get gigs or have built up my quote unquote market value, whatever mm-hmm. that thing is. But uh, but there's definitely smarter ways to do it for sure. Like there's people cultivating gigantic, enormous followings playing 15 shows a year. Yeah. I love playing music and that's kind of why, like I physically love standing in front of an audience and singing Mm -hmm. and I love playing live with my band. So that was part of it as well. But like, is it a good use of my time to go play Des Moines four times in a year? Probably not. Yeah. Like shout out to Des Moines. I love you guys. Thanks for anybody there who loves my music and comes to my shows but like playing in front of 30 people in in albany is on a wednesday night is like it's a fucking waste of my time yeah and i didn't know how important my time was back then and now at 34 with a kid even before that like even before i had rudy i was like dude this time thing is fucked yeah it's the hard i think it's the hardest integer to deal with is like you don't it's finite you know, like you can find energy, you can find, but you can't find time. Yeah. It's wild. Well, um, seems like a good Thanks for time. finding time for listening to us. Hey, I love Wherever doing this. At. This is this is the funnest thing I get to do. Uh, let's start the show, yeah? Start the show, baby. Ooh. Ooh. How good's this? How good? This. How good? This. How good's 
Dad pauses midway down the aisle to ask stepdaughters. Oh my god! This is <laughs> top two, top of the show. I just take two. It. Dad pauses midway down the aisle to ask daughter's stepdad to join him. This is what happened when a parent loves his child with complete unselfishness. One dad melted the hearts of millions when he paused as he walked his daughter down the aisle to extend a hand to her stepdad and invite him to help finish the journey to the altar. Wow, that's so rad. That's um. So, let me get this straight. This dad, the the biological father, yep. was walking his daughter down the aisle. Yep. And from what I could only assume, this stepdad had been a major part of this daughter's life as well. And this and the and the biological father respected him enough to be like, "Hey, man, like you deserve." Here's her a weird. Hand here's here a too. weird scenario to think about. Yeah. Okay. I don't think this is the situation, but I just, this popped up in my head. Biological father divorces mom because he's come out of the closet, remarries. Biological dad going down the aisle is like, nope, going to put bring my husband out here. Because oh. technically, that he's would be her stepdad if he remarried a man. This is what we should t- change this whole entire podcast <laughs> to, just changing the context of these, like, good news pieces. <laughs> these segments where we just, like, completely, like, figure out what the different context is for them. I think that's great, man. I mean, they and look the, like they could be lovers right no, there. No, no, no. She's I, look, look at her. Look at her looking at him. Well, she's, he's standing next to what looks like a, a, a lady. I, I would imagine that that is her biological mother's re remarried husband do you think it was for him or for her that he did that do you think it was for the biological dad yeah do you think like um, he was making like he was like because because yeah. like where my head went to right away when i read this was like this is a dad who like wasn't around much but he like defaults to getting that arm i guess the daughter decides right the daughter's like you i get don't to walk with me. i don't think so i think that there's i think that most likely what happened was this uh biological father um and biological mother divorced at some stage in this uh bride's life and the stepfather came in it could have i mean could have been when she was four years old and most likely right kids are going to end up with their mom unless Mm -hmm. their mom is like i'm out right and so if the mom remarries then the stepdad's going to spend like 50 percent of the time with the kid right and if the stepdad is rad he's gonna help shape that child yeah so it's only fit to like i i'm i'm super i think that's super cool um i mean who knows i would hope that the biological father would have a grasp on whether or not that was a cool thing to do you know like if if the biological father is just an airhead yeah and doesn't know his daughter very well and just goes, you know, this thing's like a good thing to do and pulls her stepdad out and yeah. she hates her stepdad. And, you know, that doesn't seem like an appropriate situation. This seems we didn't watch the video, but I, but this seems like, yeah, like that was a very appropriate thing to do. But there's and, so many ways that could go wrong. Like how many weddings have you been to where somebody does something i guess it's typical of like a person that's speaking right they get up and they start having a, yeah, a conversation I'm, like i'm not going i'm not going to weddings where stuff like that can happen 
who's to say though like how do you know because all the weddings that i'm gonna take the time to go to i know the people intimately yeah and yeah. I ain't hanging out with any fucktards, dude. I guess you're probably right. I, I don't want to do that either. I'm not hanging out. Like, all the people I know are amazing. And well, there ain't, I don't know, I ain't going to know Bridezilla's wedding. Yeah, but even not the Bridezilla. Like, the, the bride and her friends, maybe. Like, maybe she has a friend who's just, like, gets yeah, up to I, talk. It ain't, it ain't happening. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I will guarantee you. Maybe it's you. a close family friend that you're just, like, or a close family, like, member that you're, like, I gotta go. You're not gonna go? No, I, I don't up. know any. Like, there's nobody that I know. Well, I mean, listen, I'm sure that situation would arise potentially. Yeah. But I have not ever been to a wedding that wasn't just like a blast. You haven't? No, all the weddings I've been to. But I've been to like maybe six weddings. Oh, really? Yeah. I've been to, I most of the weddings I've been to have been a blast too. But younger, like early on, they, I went to so many boring weddings that were just like, this sucks. And I've also been to fun weddings where... Uh, stuff goes wrong all the time. There's always something that goes wrong. My friend, my friend Chris, I was at his wedding and uh, his brother was the officiator, and he started officiating the wedding after everybody had walked out. Mm. But you know how everybody walks out and then the bride is like the last to walk out with the dad. You know how this is typically supposed to happen. The bride walks out with the dad at the very end, like no, not not at the I've end never- of the not at the end of the ceremony, but like. After everybody's like walked down the aisle and like separated, like the walk groomsmen in. walk in, yes, yes, okay. yes. Then the the bride walks in right. with yeah. her father, yeah. and they that's when they start. Uh-huh. Well, he he for, he started the ceremony before she walked in. He was like twelve <laughs> minutes into the speech, and he was just like, he's like looking around, kind of like noticing that people are like. Oh my he doing? god. He was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Emily, please come come oh out. Come god. out, come out, come out. I'm so sorry." And he just felt so awful. It was the best though. Like he totally saved it. Broke it was the, amazing. Broke the it, ice. Yeah, totally. Oh, that's but hilarious. It was a, it was the it was, was the great. groom up at near him? Right next to him. How does he not go shut up? I think he did. <laughs> Eventually, but I mean, it must have taken at least 8 minutes. It was it was it was wild. Um but then I've also I've also been at great weddings where just you know a, a groomsman or a bridesmaid like just talks too long and doesn't know what to say and they just like yeah, get nervous and like, it's weird that's not, and it, that's not bad like people dude public speaking is weird public speaking is weird one of the I think coolest things to get to see um, is when families now granted I I think it sucks when families break up that sucks right there's no denying that but after that happens for the two participants in that previous relationship right acting like adults and co-parenting yeah yeah their children appropriately those you know if the if they divorce and they remarry like those those spouses getting along Mm -hmm. like i just like seeing like that happen seeing that tumultuous frequency going on in families just like breaks my heart and yeah. to see this sort of situation happen where like obviously the biological father the stepfather um they have respect for each other totally that's rad I, I i i'm so grateful that i never had to deal with like i mean i dealt with the divorces and stuff like that in my parents but i never had to really deal with like a step parent mm. and i knew friends that did and it always seemed just like you just kind of default to not liking them, mm, you know, because yeah. it's just like, I don't like this guy with my mom. I don't like this lady with my dad. Um, 
and my dad even remarried, but it was such a small, like, short period of time. It didn't really feel yeah, like that, but and I was were, older. Yeah, you were way older. Um, but uh, but my family has definitely, man, like, my family was pretty tumultuous, and, and they've come back around and, and become friends. My parents had, like, restraining orders on each other during my childhood, and then, you know, like, seven or eight years ago, they, uh, they like, made up and just became friends. Yeah, it's so and cool. It's, and it's pretty cool to be able to, like, have Christmas together and, like, look at them across the table now after a couple awkward years and be like, oh, wow, man. Like, they're just, like, laughing at each other and reminiscing on good times and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, wow, this is this is really sweet. Yeah, that always ha- – to me, um, I noticed that about uh, any relationship that I've been in, you know, romantic or not, even, like – platonic friend relationships that have kind of like I've had falling outs because I've had I've had at least two or three like platonic friendships that I don't talk to that person anymore because of something yeah because of like some like a falling out yeah and uh even when I think back on my time with them like I don't remember vividly all of the bad time Mm -hmm. I remember the good times. Yeah. Probably because they wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten that close to them if it wasn't the majority of time good. Right. Right. So like same with romantic relationships, like you're not going to be with somebody if there's not a large percentage of the time spent together. That's great. Yeah. And so natural, the default when you're going back and reminiscing is like, Oh, remember this? Remember that? That was great. Um, it's so encouraging to see that that's possible, you know, like that we are, telling ourselves this story constantly that like changes our perspective on relationships on uh, on ourselves on yeah. our mental health yeah and you can i think you i think it is possible to like retrain your brain to see it a different way totally and um and yeah this story like i think kind of exemplifies that a little bit right like yeah, the man. natural the natural tendency is like there's another man in my house yeah. raising my daughter. And then to hold a grudge. And to hold and to, a grudge and just to let that like darkness kind of well up and 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 grow. Yeah. Um, but to when you reframe it and you have respect and, and love and kindness. And the goal is like I want to be happy. Yeah, totally. You know? And I want my family to be happy. I want my kids to be happy. Yeah, and it's easier said than done and it takes a lot of you know so minerals and it's you know, uh circumstantials uh differentiate what's going to happen and how's it how it's going to work but yeah man i think i think just like releasing that grudge wherever you have it if you have it you know uh, if 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 it's if it becomes available but it's not it, it doesn't ever have to become available like it, it can be up to you like forever who those friends are of yours that you had platonic relationships with that were falling out you have a, a choice you know whether or not you're going to take advantage of that choice or not you you could if you wanted to and now that's not to say that the other person would reciprocate in the love and kindness that you're giving to that person but um i can't live with like burnt bridges Hmm. i have i have like my first girlfriend is like somebody that i've like never like recreated the bridge with and it just feels so weird to me Mm. um and, and you know any friends that you've just like f- had falling out with that bridges were burnt and you just like maybe like if they were like me and me and my our closest friend Brent had one and we came back together like we broke up for like four years 
um, and then got back together after a while, like when, during college years. Um, and we just were like, we can't do this. We like came back to each other and just, you know, had a few conversations about it and we're like, why, why did we do, it was just so stupid. Like ultimately those things that happen are just because of your ego or because of whatever, you know, something gets in the way and then when Sometimes. you take enough, yeah, sure. The circumstantial, right. But like you take enough time away from that thing and you get some perspective on it and you come back and you realize if I'm sorry and you're sorry, then like, let's just both be sorry and move and move mm. forward. My parents were, to, were married for 25 years and like nasty shit happened. Like, you know, some of the worst things you could do to each other as, as a as, as a married mm. couple with mm-hmm. children happened. And then, you know, 20 years later, they're just like, I'm sorry. Are you sorry? I'm sorry, too. OK, let's yeah. hug it out. And like, yeah, romantic. See where this goes. Romantic and platonic maybe a little bit different because right. I think, you know, your parents have a reason to be back and friendly and kind to each other you know they yeah. have three kids they have together they got grandbabies now. Yeah. now i think there's a little bit more at stake if they don't figure it out which mm-hmm. i think is great and i yeah, think it's totally. awesome that they did there's definitely certain situ- situations that you get in uh, platonically with another human being and something that they do something that happens makes you go i mean look I just don't want to be your friend anymore. Like I yeah, just, yeah, totally. I, I can't deal with that sort of thing in my life. I don't need that sort of thing in my life. You're sorry. I'm sorry. I yeah. forgive you. I yeah. get it. But like, we're not going to be friends. Yeah. 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 You know, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay that's to like, okay as long as there's forgiveness there, which yeah. is like, I understand the humanity, which would bring you to that decision, which mm-hmm. would allow a place where that exists. I understand your upbringing. I know so much about you. But like we're not gonna be friends. Yeah, that's just it's just how it is. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah, and I can I still have love for you. Yeah, that's a big that's a big thing to be able to do too. You know, if you can do that and still be like you know I I love you, but no thanks. Yeah, um, and necessary I think at times. Yeah, I think a totally. lot of people are like, well, you gotta be let's go back to where we you know back yeah. to where we were. Yeah, I think that's the it's fear like, of nah, like getting man. like even with my first you know person that I was in love with it's like if we see each other again is that going to be there and it's like no I don't I couldn't imagine that would ever be the case I think she's married now I think like she has a whole life and it's been so long over a decade so like that's not there but I think that's the fear that like oh like that's gonna be like we're gonna be met with that rather than just like two completely different people coming back and saying Mm. hey how are you you want a coffee can I buy you one let's chat about life and And is that just because it was so like there was no closure? I guess. Yeah, it was just like you know somebody so well until you just don't anymore. Right. And then and then, don't and, then see them. and then you just don't see them again for a decade and you're like, Oh, well, I guess if it's been that long, it's, it's Yeah, been but that I guess long. the first time you always see somebody after a platonic or romantic, like the first time you see that person after the thing that like <laughs> cut it off, it's always awkward. You're always like, and that's the fear is what's going to happen in that moment, right? Mm -hmm. Because you just had a moment that peaked on the uncomfortable level. So you're like, well, it's going to happen again. You know, history repeats itself. But I mean, I would imagine it would be totally, it would be awkward at first. And then it would be like, oh, this is what, what was I afraid of? Yeah. The the entire time. Um, Let's move on. Let's move on, baby. Move on to the next one. On to the next. On, on to the next one. How good's this? I'm going to... I'm going to butcher this name. Shubham. Shubham Banahar... 
Banerjee. Shubham Banerjee. Shubham Shubham Banerjee. 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 I don't think it's an air. That's you sound um like Polish. Banerjee. He looks Banerjee. He looks it's not like Indian. It's not Shubham Banerjee. Baned, Shubham Banerjee. Anyways, he created a Braille printer out of Lego blocks at age thirteen. Say it with some enthusiasm, dude. There's an exclamation mark after that. He created a Braille printer out of Lego blocks at age thirteen. <laughs> after learning that low-income families couldn't afford Braille printer, printers costing up to two thousand dollars, he built one with a Lego robotics kit, and then he released the software for free, what? which lowered the cost to three hundred and fifty dollars. What, dude? Way to go, dude. What would you invent? <laughs> if I knew, bro, I wouldn't be having yeah. a podcast that 30 people listen to. <laughs> Damn, dude. That's um, crazy, man. I've had I had a couple ideas for inventions at one point. First of all, shout out to Shubham. Shubham, dude. Shubham. Great job, man. Shubham, Shubham. I love this guy. Uh, what a legend. I mean... What's funny, what's kind of fascinating to me is like, he was 13, right? Okay. So not only at the age of 13, did he, did he know how to cultivate software? Yeah. Just that. Right. Like, I know how to code. What are, what are his parents doing to Shubham that our parents had no idea to do with us? A lot more. What is it? No, like no TV? I don't know. Read books. This is what you got. Like, what was his childhood like? I don't know. But like, I mean, and and this is obviously a stereotype that could be racist or taken that way. But like in the Indian culture, there seems to be a lot more tech savvy human beings that are like being raised into that Mm. world. Right. So like that's why you see like a, a much higher standing of Asians and 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 Indian folk that are like in the tech world just crushing it and knowing but these do you things think but I don't know why that is. Yeah, but do you think that that's technology and like a being drawn towards it or having a knack for it, quote unquote? Uh or is it just that the culture within those uh cultures is like looking forward into the future, you're going to need to get a good job. We want to help you provide for yourself at some day. So we're going to push you towards the things that are naturally like it used to be lawyers, doctors. Mm-hmm. Now, like lawyers, doctors are like, it's not you want to be into tech. Right. That's where the money's at. You want right. to get to tech and real estate. Right. Um, either way, however it happened, not only does he have the, the propensity towards writing software at 13 he also has the emotional intelligence right to go how do i utilize this thing to help to help somebody yeah at 13 bro i'm like where's the big league chew dog and you ain't getting none of it yeah i'm sucking it all down like fucking dyson boy (laughs) yeah how does that's in so encouraging and um rad that a human being at the age of 13 possesses that not only emotional intelligence, but legitimate intelligence and, uh, and also still had his Legos, you know, like I tossed those Legos when I was nine, bro. Got rid of them. Done. No more Legos. I loved Legos though. I was paying little league. You were. Yeah. I was you the one. dropped all the games when you started playing sports. Just Legos. I really? was out. Yeah. I was Legos done. was a good one. Yeah. But I was done, dude. 
Wow. Not nimble fingers. I didn't have nimble fingers. And you start playing with erectors. Remember those things? Mm-mm. I'm trying to think what toys I played at and like with played with and how long I played with them. Um, because I think I got into sport like I think it was maybe because my older brother was athletic and sporty and so was my dad and I was just like, "Yo, I'm trying to play." But I don't I don't remember having like like being obsessed with action figures or Legos. I'm sure I was. Yeah. But I don't have those memories imprinted on my brain. Uh that oh yeah, I was really into silly putty. When you when you uh have the choice between games, say like on an airplane and you're just sitting there trying to like waste time. Yeah. And they're like puzzles, mind bending games or like RPG games, like these role playing games yeah. or like a crossword or like what kind of games were are you like most uh, gravitating towards because that says cause that says a lot about games wh- whatever yeah, like, yeah, what, yeah. Like the, um, because you said you dropped away Legos to like go and play sports and I imagine like obviously he built this thing out of Legos so like he had uh, <clears throat> he had his attention was continuing to play on to these like Legos and to the things and Legos are like pretty dynamic toys oh right? they're, they're incredible yeah. dude. the engineering that must go into a Lego f- figurine thing blows my mind. It's crazy. Like all these, how the piece, I don't, I just, I don't comprehend it. Who the engineers of these yeah. Lego sets are because there's not like a ton of new Lego pieces coming out. Yeah. They've just like been able to figure out that, okay, everything will break down to this specific Point. It must be just, just be math or something. I don't know how That's they're what doing it. Is. It is just math because you're just take, taking pieces and yeah. I mean, I can't even speak to it because I don't know math well enough yeah. to even like have this conversation. But smart people would say it's math. It's math. Yeah. Yes. And that's On what our I'm next episode of How Good's This, <laughs> we break it's down, math. We break down math. What kind do you say? Who knows? Hey, what's up with math? <laughs> what's up with math? Um, but you didn't answer my question about the games like or like the, like uh, the thing. Like, if I'm playing games, I like um, I like shoot 'em up games. Like I like yeah. Call of Duty. Uh, I like. Um, so you're not playing Tetris? No. Yeah. No, no, no. Not playing Tetris. Oh, I'm not even really into sports games, dude. I just like in my adult life, I've gotten into uh, Call of Duty. Like uh-huh. I love Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, but I don't like playing with other people. I don't time. I get I half an hour. Right. At, like right, every right. month. Yeah. I'm just. I trying. like I like movies. Yeah. I like. I like being pulled into a story. Yeah. I don't like to be actively in the story. Same. I like to like get on the ride, buckle my seat, and go. Same. Um. Video games is great because you're actively in it, and I can go there. I'm cer- certainly capable of it. Yeah, but um, I just love being propelled into a story. Yeah, and God, and there's so much fucking entertainment, man. It's just so like much. what's gonna happen? Like, say a meteorite hit Earth, right? There's a possibility that if something were to happen to humanity, all of creation we've made would go away like clockwork orange would be gone there'd be no way to see it if well, like we be gone too though yeah i'm sort of saying humanity would be yeah, gone right and like i guess it's the same i think about that a lot is that 
are we just like a recycled version? Is if if Earth has been around for billions and billions and trillions of years, right? Has it just been like expanding and contracting and expanding and contracting with humanity for all of that time? Like, has there been 15 other iterations of something that was sort of similar to us? And then a meteorite hit, wiped it all out, start over, life generates. Million years later, there's a tadpole. Million years after that, there's... And Steve Jobs, hundred thousand years after that, boom, another meteorite, solar flare, done. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what are you saying yes to? Like, is it possible, or do you think that's actually happened? I, I, I how, how could I say? I don't, I don't. Well, it's, it's a podcast. It's, you can say whatever the fuck you want. I know. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I guess, sure, but I'm like. I don't know. We were we're starting this new show. Uh, what's it called? That we started last. Oh yeah, night? nine perfect nine strangers. Perfect strangers. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And and the, the so good. I don't want to. I don't want to give any spoilers, but give them. Uh, well, Nicole Kidman's character is talking about death and like dying and then coming back and like how we're so afraid of the one thing that's certain. Mm. And I was just like having this kind of moment with that thought yesterday while we were watching. In that, I don't. I don't think that. It, we're gonna be done when we die. I don't, and I think that like I don't know that we come back. I, I kind of think that we might come back as humans, and I don't necessarily know how or why. But like, if there are, if there are some kind of meteors and asteroids coming to blow up our world, then we're I don't know, man. Like we're gonna I don't know what the fuck I'm even trying to say right now. Dude. I don't. I'm either. cutting it out. I'm really, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I feel. <laughs> you asked you asked me like an, an an impossible question, and then I tried to take a, a staff at it, and and then I just realized I feel that like you I feel like you're soaked in dish soap. <laughs> I'm trying to like suds keep you from like running into a pile of more dish yeah. soap. Yeah, it's um, uh, it's it's an it's an impossible question to answer. It um, is. It is of course an impossible question to answer. It's fun to think about though. Um, I. Uh, I have no idea why we started talking about that, but well, we're talking about this guy, dude, who's Shubham. Like, do you think it takes more imagination than? Yeah, I mean, like, think. Um, imagine the kind of imagination it must take to create something like that versus the kind of imagination it takes to create art. Like, is that is that art or is that science? Oh, it's or is absolutely there art. Well, what is art? Is art just like the? tangible expression of human thought like is this microphone stand art it's engineering which can also be recognized as art i suppose yeah yeah i mean i don't it's I, just I, it's it's perception i guess right let's look up the definition of art i don't I'm, i mean i'm curious what what uh the dictionary would <laughs> you just googled art thought you'd just get something <laughs> The expression or application of human creative skill and imagination. Typically in a visual form, such as a painting or sculpture, producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty or emotional power. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. But the top of it is the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination. Like, definitely would fall into that category. So would an iPhone. So would a shoe. Yeah. Like, somebody had to think it up. Right. It's... Probably pulls from the same place that art would pull from. What is not art then? Um, breathing. 
really? Well, it's compulsory. Huh. So like, yeah. I mean, you could make breathing art if you did it in a certain way that was like, oh, I'm right. going to get wild with this shit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it has to be like, in order for it to be art, you have to trigger that specific place in your body, which is like the creative wheels. Mm-hmm. So tying your shoes may not be art until you're like, yo, check out this tie, do. Yeah. You know? Right, right. Throwing darts might not be art unless you do it. It's like, unless that place is activated. How come then we don't respect certain things as being art and we respect what we perceive as art as art? Like, why do we compartmentalize those I don't know. things I don't, like I don't, that? I think that's the question we're raising is like, what isn't art? Yeah. Like, is that shirt not art because it has like a tangible application? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it had to be thought up. It had to take creative... Maybe the shirt's a bad analogy. This microphone. Yeah. Is it just because this microphone executes a like need? Yeah. That it's not art? I'm looking at like the pixels inside this TV right now. Mm-hmm. And like every single individual pixel is a light. Is that is, is like uh, a, is it's there an a, LED yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. And uh, is that light itself like a, its own form of art? Of course. I don't know if I guess. each one is. But well, like, what, why? Like it, to every atom, like to every like, as you pull back from every single thing, they're like made up of a component that is one. If, if it's thing. all, I don't think that's how these TVs work. Um, but like, say a LED wall at a festival; those are all individual LEDs, which would be essentially kind of like the pixels on a TV, but you can individually control them. Yeah. The LED light is one of the most insane human developments in the last it's they're cool bro it like it changed the world yeah the guy the guy let's let's read about the led light guy (laughs) making it during the 1920s russian radio researcher oleg vladimirovich was studying the phenomenon of electroluminescence in the diodes used in radio sets in 1927 he published a paper called luminous carborundum Silicon carbide detector and detection with crystals detailing his research. And while no practical led was created at the time based on his work, his research did influence future inventors years later in 1961, Robert Bayard and Gary Pittman invented and and patented an infrared led for Texas instruments. This was the first led. Have you ever felt like what you're doing is, like if pathetic yes (laughs) if you're inventing something could you imagine getting close to it and knowing like i have to keep going like i'm so determined to figuring this thing out and i know that i will have you ever felt like that excited and determined about anything like that like you could accomplish and make for sure for sure yeah what is it in regards to i mean just like a song a record Mm -hmm. a video a a thing like i've definitely been focused enough on something yeah and executing that something yeah. and felt like that rush. That's yeah. presence, right? Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, it's it's pointless to compare right. yourself to others. It's For like, sure. I think, super detrimental. Um, but sure, there's moments of my uh, perspective that are 
at times infiltrated by how fucking dumb is what I do. Yeah. <laughs> like, but also to think about these guys in in 1962, a consulting engineer for Gen- G- General Electric invented the first visible light LED. Nick Holonyak. Right. So like this guy, the amount of power it takes to power an LED bulb, which technically like will never burn out versus a halogen bulb is like astronomical. It's like Mm -hmm. a thousand more times power for a halogen. So it essentially lit up the world with a power source that was way better for energy and energy consumption. Um, Unbelievable. And like, I'm like, should we go to the bridge? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I mean, should we go to the course? What's the hook going to be? Yeah. What's the hook going to be? I don't know. You need no fucking hook on this beat. Uh-uh. <laughs> I thought you were saying, should we go to the bridge because you were like, should we go jump off because we're not even nearly no, no, as close no. to these guys? I mean, my art is like <laughs> sitting in a studio being like, should we go to the bridge now? Yeah, but dude, again, you said like there's no comparisons in any of this stuff. And, no and again, point, having man. that thrill of getting to that place of like knowing that you're that you're moving towards something, towards finishing something, mm. that feeling of 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 knowing that you can and not knowing how yet, but knowing that you will at all costs and working your ass off to get to that thing. That's the, such a cool feeling to yeah, have. It's the best feeling. And, and, and I think everybody's chasing that feeling, right? And when you're not feeling that, that's when like you're dissatisfied and you're just like, how do I get back to yeah, you're confused. trying to find that thing? Unless you haven't felt that feeling. I don't know very many people who haven't felt that feeling though. But, yeah, that, I mean, that, like, that feeling comes in in all different like measurements though, doesn't it? Like, it, it, uh, yeah, I mean, I know when I'm my least happy mm-hmm. is when I don't have something to focus my intent on. Right. That is producing something. Like, sure. even at parties, dude, I want to try and figure something out. Yeah. Like conversations, I want to try and sit down and have a conversation and try to figure something out and get yeah. closer to it. Yeah. Um. So I yeah I don't know if that's a human characteristic, like I don't know if that's a. Do, here's another. Do you think that there are human char- characteristics that we all share? It must be, love, love happiness, happy, yeah, anger, sad, anger. yeah, like the, the emotions. Okay, but our desire to like find and figure something out. Do you think that's universal? Do you think uh, everybody has that? Like determination. Do you think that everybody's gifted with that desire to need to figure things out, to like get a grasp on things, to change things, Would to that create be willpower? Something? I don't know. I don't um, know. I have a because, I have a desire yeah, to like change. It's like, things. Is, is everybody is everybody in? Does everybody inherit the like the desire to do that? Is that what you're asking? No. Does every Does everybody have that? Does everybody have the need towards? cultivation and figuring something out for themselves like essentially a purpose are there people who don't possess the ability to have a purpose like to find a purpose that they can set their compass towards and go this is my purpose Hmm. or are there people who are just like i'm purposeless and i'm fine with it um i think that in itself is the their purpose to be like purposeless quote-unquote purposeless which is a word 
I think so. Purposeless? It sounds weird. Not not with purpose. Um, I think everybody, even even people who are like mentally handicapped are stricken with the, a need for purpose. Mm. Um, and even if that definition for themselves is that I, I have no purpose. That is that, that is a purpose. It's like, what is nothing? Nothing, nothing is still something. Mm. Right. So I think everybody has that thing. And despite at what level or what capacity or what magnitude you are achieving that purpose, Unless you're dead, you're like getting up and standing up or you're sitting down or you're moving forward. You're moving and right. the movement is the purpose, right? So to, from, its, from its like very most minimal <clears throat> level to the, to the highest achievers who are creating, you know, LED light bulbs and the spectrum in between it, where are we? You know, we're all on that spectrum somewhere. What's wild to me is that a lot of these uh, inventions like the LED light bulb – I don't know if it's wild or if it's good or if it's bad, but but a lot of these inventions have come through these gigantic companies funding that, mm -hmm. which I think is it makes sense, right? Like if you're a General Electric, like you're trying to develop the next thing that's going to be the next thing. I'm curious if General Electric gets the patent or if it's the individual inventors, like because the individual inventors in that scenario were given credit. But, like, who's rewarded the patent? I bet it's General Electric. They're definitely taking the profit. Yeah, boy. Here's the next story. How good's this? Portugal teaches the world how to deal with drugs. As many countries struggle with escalating rates of drug addiction, Portugal has successfully reduced overdo overdose deaths by more than 90% wow. since 1999 as a result of a radical shift in its drug policy. Come on, America! Come on! The country had a serious addiction problem in the 1990s, but then decided to decriminalize all drugs. Rather than being arrested and possibly jailed, those caught with no more than 10-day supply instead received a warning, small fine, and were told to report to an official about treatment. Wow. Under, Portugal, under Portugal's drug czar, João Gola, needle exchange programs... <laughs> What's and his e name? João Gola... Do you know how to pronounce that? Uh, no. How do you pronounce that first name? J-O-A with a thing above it. O. Accent. Yao. 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 Yao Gola. Ne needle exchange programs and easy referral to treatment were stepped up. The policy is to treat each individually differently, says Gauda. People are considered as a sick person and they must access treatment with the same dignity as people who suffer from other diseases. The figures are startling. In 1999, po Portugal had 369 overdose deaths. That's like how many we're going to have today. Yeah. In 2016, there were just 30. New HIV cases from infected needles dropped from 907 in 2000 to 18 in 2017. Wow. From 907 to You talk 18. about this a lot. Yeah, it's like, it's just, it's absurd. But I think it's, we've created like a, um, a, drug war industrial complex right. there's so much money funneled into this useless war in our country uh that's stepping back like it's it seems to be that our country is so big and so gigantic and there's so much bureaucracy naturally i think i don't think it happens because of negligence i think that it, it just happens because when a system gets too big now look at this 
right? So what's the population of Portugal, okay? It's probably the same as Montana. 10 million, bro. Mm -hmm. There's less people in Portugal than in L.A. fucking county, <laughs> right? So like to govern Portugal, to govern Australia, these places that we look to as like, well, Australia got rid of all their guns and they made it safe. Right. It's like, yeah, there's fucking 30 people there. Yeah. There's 380 million people in the United States. And somehow we managed to still have some sort of free choice, like kind of in regard. So I think they're different conversations. I'm interested to see what happens in Portland because Portland has decriminalized all drugs. I'm curious to see what happens to their homeless population. I'm curious to see what happens to um, their overdose rates. Because uh, what's, what's your hypothesis? I have no idea. I mean, it's different because like you're not going to get into Portugal unless you're Portuguese. Mm -hmm. You're going to get into Portland if you're from New York. Yeah. So like there could be a gigantic influx of people going to Portland simply because of the lax on drug laws. And then the whole city could be overrun. I mean, that's a possibility. I don't think that's what's happening, but like America's fucking complex, man. There's 50, how many states? 51. And we can go in between all of them. That's unheard of. Mm -hmm. You can't do that in Europe. You can't do that in Portugal. You want to go like to Portugal so you can keep your heroin habit? Good luck getting in, bro. Yeah. Unless you're from Portugal. So naturally, like the the discussion and the what like Dr. Carl Hart and all these like drug advocates would say is like they look towards Portugal. Like, that's kind of the beacon of, right. well, this is what we should model ourselves after. And, like, I think it's a little bit more complex than that, without question. Like, uh, then, then just, like, the federal government being like, yep, it's all decriminalized and we got the problem taken care of. Right. But the solution is definitely not, like, putting people in jail for non-criminal offenses. That is not the solution. We're ruining generations of people's lives because of incarcerating them for non-criminal drug offenses. And because there's a gigantic black market available to criminals, which is the drug trade, it bolsters up violent crime. It bolsters up all of the homicides happening in Mexico. That's our fault. Mm -hmm. Like, not directly, but like indirectly. Kind of like, we're a little bit responsible for that. And not just the the residents and the citizens of America, but the government who has made drugs, specific drugs, illegal. That should not be illegal. Weed should have never been illegal. Yeah. Right? Like MDMA shouldn't be illegal. Uh, acid shouldn't be illegal. Mushrooms shouldn't be illegal. Heroin, a little different. Methamphetamine, I don't know. But, but how like, do you regulate it if you're, you're, how do you regulate just heroin and methamphetamines? Look, without regulating, I would, else? I, it'd be interesting to see how many people who, like, after marijuana was legalized, like, how many people were like, oh, well, I can make it at home now. Mm -hmm. You can make beer at home. Ain't nobody doing it. Mm -hmm. You can go to the store. Yeah. You're going to buy the regulated thing because it's easier, yeah. right? If you were to outlaw, beer people would start making in their homes start making 
goddamn fucking toilet water and selling it to their neighbors. Right. And then you'd have a bunch of gross toilet water being sold on the streets. If we legalized all drugs and we regulated it federally, I don't know. Listen, I don't know how you do it. I'm not, that's not my job. Yeah. I think the discussion needs to start, which is, hey, um, the problem is the war on drugs. It's not working. Okay. Mm -hmm. We've been trying it for since Reagan. Mm -hmm. Before that, Nixon. It's not working. Okay. We're not, we're, we have more drug overdoses than ever. There's more drugs on the street. There's more kids addicted to drugs. And the thing that never gets talked about is there's more people addicted to prescription drugs. Those are legal drugs. Mm. Okay, so if the problem is like, well, we don't want to ruin people's life. We don't want them to get addicted to... They're already addicted to your legal drugs. Right, totally. So, like, why are we spending all of this trillions of dollars on illegal drugs when our problem is also the ones you're already pushing to us? Well, probably because it's a conscious thing on their end. <laughs> like, they're the ones that are deciding Potentially. That. I mean, they do have synthesized cocaine. They do have synthesized heroin. They do have synthesized yeah. marijuana. So yeah. it might be a marketplace thing. I don't think it is. I think what it is is that we've inherited this dumpster fire from the our parents. Not, not specifically our parents. Like, the people who put laws in place for drug crime, right? I don't think they ca cared about drug crime. Like, I think when Nixon put all these drugs on, like, Schedule 1 offense, I think he was attempting to try and uh, rule the counterculture of the time, which were using drugs. They're like, well, we can't, like, push up against the Black Panthers, so let's just put them in jail because they're all smoking weed. Mm -hmm. I think that happened with a lot of that illegality, and it's so hard to step back those laws. That's why it's so terrifying to see, like... Hey, we think you need like a vaccine passport. Like that terrifies me, bro. Cause you can't, they're not going to step that back. How long have we been taking our shoes off at the fucking airport? Mm -hmm. Like when's the last time somebody showed up with a shoe bomb? They're not going to like, they can't now. They're not going to start <laughs> stepping it back because right. it takes so much to get it in place. And it takes so much effort to get it out of place. And people have four years. They, got, they get into office, they get like one and a half years to maybe do some shit, and then they got a campaign. Mm -hmm. So the system is fucked, the drug war is fucked. I think that that's like, it's an interesting conversation to have, but it's definitely, a, I think it's, it's apples and oranges. Like Portugal, in 2020, there's 10 million people there. How many people live in New York City? 10? Like, like nine, yeah. Nine, yeah. So like... I think it's cool. I, what The best thing that we have going for us in the United States is that if you have a good administration, then they place the power in the hands of the states. Now, granted, that can fuck things up a little bit, but it, it at least allows like Portland to try some shit out mm -hmm. and go, okay, we're going to decriminalize everything and we're going to treat people instead of incarcerate them. I think that's a step in the right direction. I'm talking out of my ass. I don't know how you do it well on a grand scale like you'd need to do in the United States but um, but what we've been doing ain't working let's yeah. just have that honest conversation like we have to get people over the line on that right like if you <laughs> if you think it's your right to not put a vaccine in your body right like that's a big conversation happening right now mm -hmm. because you should be able to choose what you do and don't with your body right that's like what the mass majority of people who are not going to get the vaccine, that's what they'll say. Mm -hmm. 
they might say like, well, we don't trust it. You know, it's been developed super fast. Mostly they're saying what I'm hearing from people who are telling me they don't want it is I don't want the government telling me what to do. Right. I don't want the government yeah. telling me what to put in my body. Yep. But yet we just l roll over because people get addicted to drugs and say like, well, but they should mandate like what we should and shouldn't put in our body. Bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like let the market mandate that. Right. Like we do it with alcohol. Let them regulate it. Like do it. Regulate it. Tax us. But the amount of people in prison for nonviolent offenses who were addicted to drugs, who did nothing wrong to anybody else. Um, it's sad. Yeah. I think it's sad. I think it's broken up a lot of homes. It's fucked up a lot of lives. Um, it's taken a lot of lives to from our friends from the South, which are Mexico. And um, and the conversation hasn't changed. The conversation is still like, you know, don't do drugs. Yeah. It's like, yeah, maybe don't do drugs. But like, but also let's just have a nuanced conversation about how we regulate it. Because people are going to do drugs. It's going to happen. Like. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Next. Alan Stone. On How Good's This. For Mayor. Season three. <laughs> of Spokane Valley. We invent stuff. <laughs> no, let's do math. You get That's a really passionate conversation for you. I know. I think, I mean, like. I mean, I didn't yeah, even participate in that conversation. I just let you go. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I'm a musician and I'm around a lot of like. Very liberal drug drug culture. addicts. No, not not drug addicts. Right, I know. like liberal drug culture. Yeah, which is like, hey, I'm going to be a functioning adult. Yeah, that takes care of my family. Yeah, um, pays my taxes, drives the speed limit, uh, doesn't do anything harmful to anybody else, and I'm going to utilize these specific substances responsibly mm -hmm. for my betterment. That's music culture, bro. Anybody right. who thinks otherwise is dumb. Yeah. That's what a festival is. That's why fish can sell fucking billions of tickets. It's not because their music's tight. Yeah. It's because they offer up a canvas for a bunch of people who want to get high. Yeah. It's happening across the United States every, every weekend, yeah. every day. And yet, like, we still want to just placate. They're like, oh, no, like, don't do drugs. Don't mm -hmm. do. It's like, they're getting done. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. Um, I don't know too many people who would argue that like I'm not around that circle but there's still a mass majority of our population that would be like yeah that shouldn't be legal and it's like I think it's just the it's getting one we've been taught for so long like there's been so much advocation towards abstinence of drugs mm -hmm. which like it makes sense man It like I totally get it Totally get people who like shouldn't do drugs or don't want to do drugs or even think that they're negative because they can be incredibly negative. They've ruined a lot of lives. But regardless of whether or not it's morally good or not, that's not the question of regulating a social experiment called the United States. Mm -hmm. Like people are going to do drugs and they're going to get them. Yeah. Like whether or not you make them legal or not yeah and if you've done something for as long as we've done it in this country which is drug like the drug war and it doesn't work and it's just continuing to get worse change it up we gotta at least start the conversation yeah 
you got to start the conversation. And Portugal is a good starting point. Like yeah, what they did awesome, in Portugal to alleviate. I've been to Portugal. I played in Portugal. It's fucking great, man. Did you? Yeah. Cool. Paid in uh, played in Lisbon. Nice. Um but uh, shout out to Portugal. Shout out to all of our friends yeah. out in the world doing their jugs kindly. Shout out to Alan Stone campaigning for his congressman speech. Bro, I'm 20, headed. No, I'm 20, going House of Representatives, though. I don't, I'm okay, not cool. messing with Senate. No. I'm not messing with those boogers. Right. Okay, cool. Those little butt tards. Yeah. What's your campaign slogan going to be? Um, Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Coming down. <laughs> Carnitas. I love long. everybody. And uh, this was fun. Um, I think that's a good place to wrap it up, yeah? Or do you have any closing arguments, Jules? Uh, no, dude, I don't have any closing arguments, man. You just went on a f- fucking rant, dude, and I'm letting you, letting you have tirade, it. Tirade, bro. Letting you have it. I do wonder, though, if people do have thoughts and comments that they could just send them on in. Dude. Ask, tell Alan that he's either the most smart man you've ever heard in your entire life or tell him that he's a complete fucking jackass. I know I'm Same both. Same to me. I know I'm both. Wow, you know you're. Oh, no, sorry, not the smartest man alive. I know I'm a jackass. Yeah, I mean, you can also folks, know that you're smart. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, if you are up to this point and you don't realize that neither of us <laughs> know uh, have anything good to say, that we're idiots. Okay, don't take our advice on most things. This is just us. People, people tell people tell me I got to stop doing that though. What? Saying that I'm an idiot. Saying like talking and then being and then like throwing out the caveat that I'm an idiot. Because like then why, why would you sit? I don't know. I because they because they think it's like a cop out. It's like it like you say everything that you say that you're passionate about, and then you you discredit everything by by being like. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think no. you discredit what you. I, I, the, my favorite people. To, S- my favorite people <laughs> to listen to go make a really good point, and then they're like, "But hey, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about." You're right. Yeah, I think that's a great way to do it. I, the people I don't like listening to are the ones who are like, I changed my life in three weeks. You want to know how I did it? Yeah. I woke up. I spit. I spit again. You know, like, yeah. fucking bro, what? What? you're a human just like me. You poop, pee, and shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's Look, three of I'm, the same thing. Poop, pee, and shit. Poop, pee, and shit. <laughs> poop and pee are two different things. Shitting Shit. is might be different than pooping, too. Yeah. Okay. Come out. This went off the rails fast. Hey, we love you job. guys. We Thank love you for guys tuning very in. Much. Share with your friends. Like and subscribe. Yeah. Hi, hit us up on the YouTubes. Hit throw on down Utes. on wherever you get your podcast. Yeah. And uh, comment on a. Uh, send us in some some thoughts uh, at howgoodsthispodcast at gmail dot com. Send us whatever. We'll read off your emails. We'll chat about you guys. We'll we'll shout you out. We'll say hi. Um, we just want to hear from you. Yep. We love you guys. Love you guys. Thanks for being friends with us. Bye. Bye. How good's this?